Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 83. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is the Informed Catholic. We're going to do the readings for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time. So uh, let's begin with the act of contrition. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, well, we're moving quite uh, fast now. We're moving very fast. Uh, weather's changed all of a sudden. Now it's uh, starting to feel like fall. And, um, you know, we're still going, we're possibly going to be going through some scary times now. Um I don't know if anyone's paying attention listening to the news, but there's, I mean, there's some serious things going on. Um, the the shutdown and uh, from the pandemic is appearing that it's, it's going to be affecting, still we're going to get a lot of effect of the food supply chain, but also the... Um, the shortage of fuel is going to cause is, is costing the rise of our um, our food supply, the goods that we need, um, and also a lot of farmers, unfortunately, had to cut back uh, on production because of the supply chain, because of the cost of the supply chain. the The cost of fuel is high which means that it will cost more to bring the goods to the store. There is going to possibly be a shortage of beef because the farmers had to produce less. There's going to be a shortage of not just beef, but chicken. And there's also going to be a shortage of vegetables. Okay. Uh, our, our, the very bad politicians we have and the radical, the, the radical, the radicals that have taken over have, are, are causing a bottlenecking of the supplies, and it might—it's going to hurt a lot of people. That's just, not just here in the United States, but it's going to hurt a lot of people in Europe. I mean, the the war, the war going on the with the Ukraine is well. Let's say, let's put it there. Uh, Vladimir Putin is. Let's remember, they're now buying gas and oil from him <clears throat> and guess what he controls the pipeline and that's going to be that's going to cost um it's, it's they're going to pay they're going to pay the price for it when they could have gone there were a number of different directions you could have gone you didn't have to go that road and that road now is costing you so let's put it that way um, it's, it's, um, it's going to be tough for a lot of people. I don't think this is going to be a good holiday season. I don't think so. 
I think they're fooling themselves if they think it's going to be a good holiday season. But we may see more of this problem in 2023. But we're going to start seeing it now. And it's going to, we're going to start seeing it in the market. And we're going, to, we're going to start seeing it in the stores. This is the, this is the, this is the direction we're going. I don't know if this is part of the chastisement. I don't know. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to know till we get to the other side. And our leadership, both in the governments and in the church, either are ignoring it or trying to pretend they're pretending it doesn't exist or they're too naive to understand it. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people, you know, we may want to head down that road of prophecy of Fatima and um, whatever apparitions, other apparitions coming along the way. That's, that is just too difficult. You know, you, you know, you don't want to add fuel to the fire and be, accused of fear mongering you don't want to do that but you do you do want to be cautious and the best thing i think to to pray for answers is you know to is to pray you got to pray be on guard pray be alert be ready don't don't let your guard down pray is the best thing we need to do right now. We need to pray because the worst part is there's going to be a lot of people who will suffer who can't. You know, none of us are really ready. None of us are, especially those of us who live in cities. We're not ready for this. And it's going to be the weakest people that's going to cause a lot of people to commit crimes. And it's going to cause a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of violence. That's the scary part because... You don't know what people will do when they're desperate. That's what we got to be careful with. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the readings. All right, so let's begin. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter six. Okay, verses uh, one. A to four to four uh, verse four to seven. Slight editing, I guess. All right. Their wanton revelry shall be done away with. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, woe to the complacent in Zion, lying upon beds of ivory, stretched comfortably. On their couches, they eat lambs taken from the flock and calves from the stall, improvising to the music of the harp. Like David, they devise their own accompaniment. They drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the best oils. Yet they are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. Therefore now they shall be the first to go into exile, and their wanton rivalry shall be done away with. Okay, the word of the Lord. One more time. Uh, reading from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 6, verse 1a to from verse 4 to 7. Their wanton rivalry shall be done away with. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, woe to the complacent in Zion, lying upon beds of ivory, stretched comfortably on their couches. They eat lambs taken from the flock and calves from the stall, improvising to the music of the harp. Like David, they devise their own accompaniment. They drink wine from bowls, and anoint themselves with the best oils. Yet they are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. Therefore now they shall be the first to go into exile, and their wanton revelry shall be done away with. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. Blessed he who keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. The Lord gives sight to the, to the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. Praise the Lord, my soul. Oh, alleluia. Fatherless and the widow, he sustains. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, chapter 6, verse 11 to 16. Keep the commandments until the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were called, when you made the noble confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you before God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who gave testimony under Pontius Pilate, for the noble confession to keep the commandments without stain or reproach until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the blessed and only ruler will make manifest at the proper time the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in, a, in unapproachable light, and whom no human being has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal power. Amen. Okay, one more time. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, chapter 6, verse 11 to 16. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were called when you made the noble confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you before God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ, Christ Jesus, who gave testimony under Pontius Pilate for the noble confession to keep the commandments without stain or reproach until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessed and only ruler will make manifest at the proper time the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, and whom no human being has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Though our Lord Jesus Christ was rich, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Alleluia, alleluia. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 16, 19, and 31. Chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. You received what was good, Lazarus, what was bad. Now he is comforted, whereas you are tormented. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores, 
when the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The first reading from Amos was dealing with the elite. The elite who who suffer from the sin of pride. The elite who who don't uh, who believe they're beyond judgment that they're beyond anything, who put their security in this world, who who are constantly, uh, I guess you can call it hubris, you know, think that then nothing is ever going to happen to them, nothing's ever going to touch them, who uh, honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far away, who... Their God is their world. Their God their God is pleasure. Their God is sex. Their God is money. Their God is their pride. Their ego. They worship power. They worship wealth. They worship the present life. And... Um, you know, when it mentions David, it doesn't mean David himself. It mentions the family of David. It's talking about the house of David. Uh, Joseph is talking about um, Ephraim and Manasseh, you know, the two sons of Joseph. They're sometimes counted as one. And that's... That's what it's, it's talking about. That's why it talks about sleeping on a bed of ivory. Uh, drinking, drinking wine from golden bowls. Uh, eating well from the flock. And then it says they will be the first to go into exile. And that's true. I mean, you can, much of the Bible, what you can do is compare, you can see today's behavior, today's attitude, today's elite. Pleasure is everything, right? The present life is everything. We all have our, our, uh, our, our idols. I mean, you know, not too long ago, I was thinking about how I, I allowed a lot of things to be, a lot of distractions to, to come in my way, you know, to keep me from growing and maturing, 
you know, I know a lot of friends, a lot of guys, a lot of people that still will not let go their idols, like the Marvel movies, the comic books, the, the, the stories that, because we want to stay forever infants, we want to stay forever uh, tiny and young, we want to, we want to keep, it's easier to believe in those fantasies, right, than to, to keep your attention about God and the Bible, and to focus on your own sins, but think about it, when, if, if one were to die today, could we stand before God? And would we, would we, would we be uh, able to stand without any sins? Without, can we pass his judgment? And the answer is no. You have to step back and you have to look at what, why these things, why they're bad more than they're good. I'm not saying like everything is bad. The problem is if we don't step back and look at the meaning of these things properly, human beings want, we want justice. We want truth. We want to make injustice pay. But the problem is, we also love to be worshipped, to be revered, to be held up. We want everyone to think of us as the greatest. We want everyone to praise our names. We want everyone to look upon us as you know, as something great. We want the we, we want we want the praise of people, and we want to become an idol. That's the dangerous part. Or we're also capable of work, of, of making things into idols that that suit our purposes. Worshiping heroes does not require. Conversion, worshiping uh, celebrities like pop celebrities, rock celebrities, you know, Hollywood celebrities, right? Political political idols doesn't require much conversion. Doesn't require examination of conscience. Political parties don't require us to be better human beings. As a matter of fact, you know. People, most uh, politicians love it if we become their, tr their, their drones to do their bidding. So you see, human beings are capable, you know, we're capable of becoming uh, pagan idol worshippers very fast if we're not careful. If we're not careful at all. I mean, even people... I hate to say it, but even with someone like Donald Trump, it's dangerous. Politics, America, America's um, golden cow system is the political system. Is the it's money, politics, and uh, the celebrity uh, platform, whether it's Hollywood or or singers. Americans love that. Europe might be it's definitely similar, maybe a little different. Maybe, you know, it can be different in other ways. But still, it's all about fame, power, and money. And Americans love that, and we love to worship people. You know, it's, it's, it's a stark reality. In the Catholic Church... We have our, our uh, icons, and that's great. But ours is different. But still, there's also the danger. For example, people love revering a pope or a bishop. And 
the outside world crept into the Catholic Church as well. You know, there are people, there are people on both ends. If a Pope is a conservative, they'll rally around him. If the Pope is a liberal, they'll rally around him. If a, This is the same for both the clergy. You got liberal clergies and you got cons, uh, conservative Orthodox clergies and everybody will rally around them and they'll say the same thing. Right? The problem is, is that why, why do I say that that's a problem there? Why do I say there's a problem there? Because if a pope is a liberal like Pope Francis, the liberals will rally around him because of liberation of their own sinful desires. The Pope is, let's say, okay, the idea of divorce and remarriage of married couples, or be okay, the idea of legalizing, uh, changing the church's teachings on sexuality, like homosexuality, or the church, to change the church's teaching on abortion or contraception. Those who want the church to do that as though they believe in their mind, I've said this before, that because the Pope holds this office, it's almost like he's controlling the, the controlling God from some CPU unit, like, like God is like a, a giant robot that can be controlled. And he can't, That's you can't do that. You can't reprogram God to change his views about sin. It's, it can be it can be the same way on the other end, and remember this is this is the shallow view of faith from the liberal perspective, but you could also get people from the shallow the shallow view of a conservative, right? Like there are people who love their camps, there are people who love their camps. They want their safe places. In other words, their view about the faith is a very shallow view, like I just described from the liberal. It can also happen from the conservative side. You know, a f my friend um, just stopped teaching uh, at Holy Innocence. He stopped teaching catechism. And you know, I, I listened to the other day, I listened to the other day to, um, to Bishop Athanasius Schneider of Kazakhstan. And Bishop Schneider of Kazakhstan He's pretty balanced. He's pretty balanced. And he, and, and you remember, he's, he's a bishop. And the same thing like someone like Archbishop Vigano. They both know their office as shepherds, as teaching. Okay? Bishop Schneider and other bishops, they can't just focus on the Council of Trent when they're dealing with, with the Pope or dealing with the, the German bishops or dealing with the bishops in Belgium. Bishop Vigano has to use the teachings of the, uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church. You know, there's a lot of people on the, on the right who are, they call themselves rad trads or they're called tra traditionalist Catholics, think that only use the catechism of the Catholic Church of the Council of Trent, the Council of Trent, or use the Baltimore Catechism. There are people who don't even want to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet because it came out of Vatican II. Now I'm being serious. They won't they won't use the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church that John Paul II approved during the 1980s. They will not use it. All because they're hearing things about Pope Francis's change about death penalty. This is his own personal opinion. It doesn't mean it's church teaching. It's not. It, it, it doesn't. It, the churches. The church has always said that some that that the death penalty is legally. And, and, and permitted permitted 
in some in some really serious situations. Now, Pope Francis comes along, and some other people come along, and 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 yeah, they're they're. I don't know what is it why they they want to go against the Bible, but it doesn't necessarily mean what their their opinion is true. It doesn't mean you stop using the catechism of the of the of the, of the Catholic Church. There's nothing wrong with Baltimore Catechism. There's nothing wrong with the Trinitine Catechism, the Council of Trent. And yes, there's nothing wrong with the Catechism of the Catholic Church that came out under John Paul II and Ratzinger. There's nothing wrong with those things. I mean, seriously, there's nothing wrong with them. And you should learn to, to think on all three camps. If you really want to call yourself a true Catholic, embrace all three, but also you got to learn to sift through it. You know, sift through and and realize, you got to realize the Pope is a man. The Pope is not infallible on every single occasion. Popes can be wrong too. Infallibility is not something that he wakes up every single morning and like says, you know, he can, you know, decide to make the the unconsecrated host put f- different flavors in the, in the un- in the unconsecrated host, and that is legal. No, no, definitely not. The 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 consecration of the Holy Mass has to remain true in its form. And, you know, it, it could be, there could be a lot of other things wrong about the liturgy. You could have the bad guitars, you could have the the dancing girls, you could have the puppet show and all that stuff. And they're, yes, they are all terribly wrong. But the, the form of the Mass, in exactly as the Gospel as, as, as even St. Paul presented it. This is my body. This is my blood. In that simple form, if, if that's all you had, if you were in a, in a camp and you had a little bit of wine if in, in a concentration camp and a little bit of bread and the priest was there in the same prison uniforms as everybody else and he just used those words... That's all that matters. Right there, it's a legal mass. The problem is, is there's a lot of people who have have come into the faith and they just want to use, they developed in making the the camps of conservatism their safe place. Maybe because they're looking for some community. There's a lot of lonely people out there. And and a lot of people, I there are people out there that never have anything to do with the with the with the Holy Catholic faith. They just want to find somewhere to belong to because people are very lonely, and they're very sad, and they're also very angry, and they want a place where they can be angry with other people. So now they're talking about all these rituals and stuff. All oh, these people have to be true. They have to be true because they believe in the same the same morals and the same principles I do, but they're not, they were never devout practicing Catholic. Yes, the Trinity Mass is beautiful and I'll defend it and I'll defend the right of everybody to practice it, to 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 want to go and, and attend a, a traditional Latin Mass. And I would attend it too if I had access to it, but I don't. But I would attend. I would. I would rather choose to go to a, a. A conservative Norris Ordo, an Orthodox Norris Ordo, where the priest is facing the tabernacle, and says, and says the majority of the prayers, conservatively with some Latin. I would still attend to it. I would rather go to that, than do, go to a Norris Ordo where the priest faces the people. I'd rather I'd rather have a more conservative Norris Ordo, where he's you know where he's doing the majority of the prayers are in Latin with some English. 
Because honestly, you can't expect everybody to warm up to the Latin Mass, to the traditional Latin, to the Trinity Mass. Not everybody's going to warm up to it right away. I believe if you have more conservative Novus Ordo, where people get slowly used to it, then you might get them slowly warming up to the tradi- to the traditional Latin Mass. I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me, but, you know, even, even a more, let's say, where I would say the priest is facing the people, but it's done more conservatively, more, uh, what you call it, more purely, without no no stupid, um, you know, with some Gregorian chant, without the uh, the tambourines and the the what do you call it, uh, disco lights, and no no uh, no altar dancing girls, no none of that stuff. I'd rather have I'd rather have I'd rather have just a traditional. You know, a conservative Norbus Ordo, even if there's no Latin. But I've been to quite a few good ones. Even Father Rutler, I remember Father Rutler did. You know, his his Norbus Ordos were beautiful, which was fantastic. They were just conservative. They were beautiful. People attended it. Um, now he's retired. I don't know what he's doing these days. But it's sad. It's sad that we have all these div- uh, divisions. It's sad that we have all these divisions. It's terrible. You know. So, a problem, I would say, is that a lot of people, I think, have developed a very hubris attitude about life and about sin. I mean, think about it. The, char- the, char- the kind of characters I mentioned in Amos is very shallow characters. And we have a lot of them these days. We have a lot of people like that today. St. Paul, in his uh, letter, uh, beautifully points out, But you, O man of God, pursue righteousness and devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were called when you made the noble confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you before God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who gave testimony under Pontius Pilate for the noble confession to keep the commandments without stain or reproach into the the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ that the blessed and only ruler will make manifest at the proper time the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in inapproachable light, and whom no human being has seen or, or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Paul, now yes, Paul, I believe he's talking about men who, who, who will commit themselves to, to being ministers, but also you got to remember, we all have, we all have to keep the faith. We all have to keep the faith in believing in Jesus Christ. You got to read, you got to read the Gospels to to everybody out there who is angry because the world is becoming so confusing, so ugly, so, so foul. There's so much evil around. It doesn't mean we be, we become cold hearted people. It doesn't mean we don't, it doesn't mean we don't, it doesn't mean we become cold and indifferent. It doesn't mean we don't show mercy. It doesn't mean we stop being loving, kind. Yes, we should be careful 
Be careful of of sin. Be on guard of evil. But we don't become cold. We don't return evil with evil. We don't return a cold heart with a cold heart. We don't, you don't turn, you, you know, you don't return everything and become indifferent. No, we, we still have to be representative of the faith, mercy, compassion, you know, but do it in a proper way. Don't let other people take advantage of you. Don't let other people walk over. Remember, don't cast your pearls before swine and dogs that they trample you. No. Read the Gospels. Pray. Ask God to give you to give you love and mercy and compassion. Ask Him to give you wisdom. Ask Him to, to make you like St. Paul. To make you like 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 the like the gospel writers to give you ask the blessed mother to to guide you this because when you stand before him you think <clears throat> sorry all this stuff about the latin mass he's going to care about he's you think he's going to care about that he's going to ask you all the important things uh, he's going to look at you and he's going to he's going to want to see does he see himself in us? Does he see himself in us? Does he see his mother in us? Does he see the apostles in us? Does he see St. Joseph in us? No. If he doesn't see anything that reflects himself, then what good is going to the Latin Mass? What good is it? Did you, when you received the Holy Eucharist, did you pray, let this make me look like you? Let let this ref, let, let my soul reflect you? No. No, you're if you don't if you don't have any of that, if you keep talking about Trinity Mass, Council of Trent, Baltimore Catechism. Holy salt, Gregorian chant. What about mercy, compassion, love, forgiveness? What about even if you if you pray to become like Bernadette Subiru or Saint Teresa of Lexert, that's reflecting him. All those saints reflect him. I understand it's difficult, but reflect him. This is what the Abraham bosom, this is what the story of Lazarus is about. All right? This is what it's all about. This is why the, Jesus said to the Pharisees, there was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day and Laying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld, where he was in torment, raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. Now, let me, let me first explain. Why does Jesus tell us about dogs licking his sores? I didn't think about this, but it came to my head the other day what he meant by that. The dogs can also be interpreted as Gentiles, non-Jews who showed him mercy and compassion because Gentiles were considered dogs by, by religious Jews, by very serious Jew, uh, practicing Jews. 
because he was laying at Abraham's door. I mean, I'm sorry, the rich man's door. The rich man was Jewish. The rich man was a, was a rich Jew and Lazarus was just a poor man laying at his door with sores. And he said he would gladly have dined off the scraps from the, from the rich man's table. I mean, he was already living on the street, right? And the dogs came to lick his wounds. It can be interpreted as dogs showing him, the, the Gentiles showed him more mercy than a rich Jew. Okay, so think about that. I mean, I know it's, it's literally talking about dogs on the street. But he was probably shown far more mercy by an uncircumcised man or a Gentile man or woman than the rich Jew who, you know, who dines, who dined beautifully, wore beautiful robes like a king and drank fine wine. Okay, it goes on. And Lazarus, um, Lazarus saw, uh, I mean, the, the rich man saw Lazarus at his side and he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, my child, remember her, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my, to my father's house, for I have five brothers so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if some, oh no, oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will, be, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. This is talking about being so, look, you can be someone who just lives for pleasure like the rich man, but you could also be someone who is so, remember, the prophets, he's talking about real religious Jews who who are so hard-hearted with their tradition, neither will they be persuaded by any miracles anymore. Remember, you got to be very careful. If you're not persuaded, I mean, think about it. If, the, if a lot of people who are in the rad-trad movement don't even care about the divine mercy, right? Don't even care about divine mercy. What happens? What happens... You know what? What will what will what will convert you? If no more miracles, no more apparitions, right? No, none of that. And and the divine mercy miracle happened right before uh, Vatican II. What happened? What prevented people from seeing that? What happened to to the mercy? You see what I'm saying? Even divine mercy doesn't convert them. Can convert some people. Be very careful. Be very careful that your heart hasn't become so hardened that you just you just want to live. You just care about living under camps. Cherry pick a cherry cherry picking what what supports your view rather than listening to the mercy of God. Be careful of that. All right, let's move on to the closing. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. 
I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men, for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.